Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half-Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman 1,100 miles south-southeast of me is Kip Fisher. And we are coming to you live for the 91st time on this 14th day of November 2014. Kip may be slightly quieter than normal as his teeth have apparently frozen together in the wicked weather he's dealing with down there. But... But I'm sure we'll hear him complain about it a time or two, so hopefully that'll keep him from freezing shut all the way. You're going to be lucky if it's a time or two. <laughs> yes, I will. How are you? Outside of freezing and uh, moderate headache, I'm just lovely. How about yourself? Not too bad. I uh, I hate to jump into the Cigar of the Week right away, but... I have an incredibly distinct flavor I'm getting off of this. Oh, yeah? Or would that be? Well, the Cigar of the Week is our Bell Ankh Reservas that we have discussed numerous times over this year. We are uh, smoking one of my shared cigars. I picked up a box of these early in the year, and I'm very, very happy to uh, share it with Kip and to talk about it on the show. I feel like that's the whole reason why I wanted to buy the box. Was so excited to, and jazzed to talk about it. Yeah, I was so deeply in love with the regular edition when it came out that I couldn't wait to try these, and I've had a few of them since then, and pretty good. Yeah, I haven't had that many. This is probably my fifth, I'd say, out of that box, fourth maybe. Um, I was not as enamored with them young as uh, I am still with the normal Belonk, but um, it, this is the first I've had in probably two or three months, and uh, right away there's a new flavor. These have started to evolve, or at least this one has evolved slightly. Really? Mm-hmm. I am without... Wow, that's interesting. Mine just went out. <laughs> that's a, that's another new flavor. It's a flavor of nothing. <laughs> wow, it's incredibly airy. No, the uh, the flavor I just was getting before this unexpectedly uh, died was cinnamon. Huh. I cannot say that I've ever gotten cinnamon from this particular cigar. And, and it wasn't cinnamon as in Red Hot's cinnamon. It was like... Yeah. Uh, uh, a spicy baked cinnamon, like you know, uh, cinnamon cookie or something. Yeah, not like raw the, uh, cinnamon, not spicy cinnamon, just kind of somewhere in the middle. Very tempered cinnamon, like in uh, cider or something. I would say that that would be a good example of it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Okay, I uh, would never ever ever have pulled that out, but I I know what you're shooting at there. I can see that. Man, without question. I just got it again on the relight. Well, that's good. I guess, if you like cinnamon. I'm not so sure I like cinnamon. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're entitled to be wrong every once in a while. Well, we're, in for a, we're in for a good show. Right away <laughs> smacked in the face with something I don't like. But yay. <laughs> no, really? Come on now. So how the heck are you? I uh, jumped right into making fun of you and talking about our uh, Cigar of the Week, but more importantly, how are you? I'm good. I got nothing to complain about except crazy 
contractors working throughout the night at the house next door. Really? I don't know if you can hear them banging around over there. They're dragging pipes and hammering and screwing, starting up a loud truck. I heard that start up. Yeah, I think they're taking off. But it's cool, as long as they are indeed leaving. Well, we uh, we don't have so many distractions here. Jeez, did they just run into the house next door? Good gracious, what was that? I was just closing the car door, truck door. Oh, wow. I, uh, I am lucky enough to have two sleeping children, a wife who wanted to go to bed at about 7.30. So I have a cigar, a full glass of water, and uh, a review. As soon as we're done with this show, I am going to post up on Half-Ashed. So I have got my evening planned out for me. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You have a wife that says, you know, I'd like to head to bed a little early tonight. And you say, okay, I'm going downstairs for a cigar. You have a sickness, dude. That might or might not have been exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, there there was probably one or two more sentences in there. Oh, honey, are you not feeling well? I just don't feel right. Oh. Well, I'll go downstairs so I don't bother you anymore. <laughs> Seemed to work great. <laughs> okay, whatever works for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do we know about this cigar? Well, I have to say that uh, what we know about this cigar is that uh, I can't think of anything funny to say. I'll just read what we got in the notes. <laughs> oh, got it. Uh, the Tat Balonk Reserva was a limited run uh, of the Balonk Vitola, which is 5 and 3 eighths by 48, a perfecto. Uh, slight taper on the head, slight taper on the foot, but uh, kind of resembling one of those old school figurados you'd picture from the 20s, except without the closed head and foot. Um, features a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper rather than the standard Ecuadorian Habano found on the standard brown label Casadoras line. It's packed with the same internal components as the regular, which are Nicarag Nicaraguan throughout. Uh, and it was released earlier this year, as we said, as part of a wrap-up to the 10th anniversary uh, lineup from Tatuaje that came out starting in 2013. And it does feature the commemorative Tatuaje 10th anniversary band. For those of you on the video, you can see I'm holding it up now. Um... The standard Habano-wrapped version will continue in production, and that has been duly verified in a number of sources I found. Uh, but the reservas will be limited. Now, one or two people have suggested that uh, uh, the Belonc Reserva, because it was not as well-received as some of the others, may not be um, duplicated again, or may not be released in a, at a further date, but they postulated or... That's not the right word. They um, speculated. Speculated, thank you. That's what I wanted to say. That the Bon Chasseur, Bon Chasseur, mm -hmm. whatever it is, the other uh, Vitola that came out to commemorate the 10th anniversary would be an upcoming Reserva. So that's not been confirmed, but uh, that was a, a theory I read on a number of different uh, uh, locations. So. These were about a dollar more a stick, uh, a little pricey, $11 a cigar for something that isn't that huge, um, and production was right around 2,000 boxes at 22 cigars uh, per box, so 44,000 total. 
and my good co-host did a nice comparo of these things back about six months ago. Check it out. It's on halfash.com. It is indeed. If you uh, search Bell Encre, B-E-L-L-E-E-N-C-R-E, for those non-French folk, um, you'll turn it up, uh, or you can just go through the list of reviews and uh, dig it out that way. But it has been migrated. It is no longer at the Cigarmi. I would uh, I would say you could probably go easy on yourself and do a search for Bell, and it would probably pull up. Yeah, it could be any number of thousands of posts. I use the word. Okie doke. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, now that you have done all of the preliminary work and told us all about this wonderful cigar, how about you do some more work and tell us what we got coming up for the rest of the show? <laughs> Hey, that sounds like a fantastic idea. You sit there and be cold. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm huddled up. Not, I'm not manning a mouse. I'm barely even looking at the notes or chat room right now. I'm just trying <laughs> to keep my hands in my sweatshirt pocket and be still. I just, I, I imagine, I'm not looking at the video right now, so I imagine you've got your hands in your armpits and your your neck is kind of turtling in a little bit and every once in a while you... You kind of blow up on your nose to get warm air there to keep it from freezing off, falling from frostbite. I can't bend my neck over. I have a scarf wrapped around it about three times. <laughs> oh, is it your, uh, is it your, uh, your camo <laughs> scarf? It is my camo knit scarf. It's the least manly, manly scarf I've ever seen in my life. Hey. That's all right. The others were packed away and shipped to Tennessee in preparation for a move. Huh. This, is, this is all I got left, I think. Maybe one other. Yeah, I guess you won't really be needing that in the Dominican, will you? No. Well, tonight, as always, as every Friday or every show night when we're recording, is it going to be a damn good night? We uh, we're laughing a lot. We're making fun of each other. Ready to be herfing. Ready to be smoking and laughing with all of you. So, sit back, relax, and uh, we've got some fun stuff ahead. So. As I said, I've searched long and hard for these cigars, and uh, when they were released, I mainly wanted to have them so that way we could talk about them on Half Ashed. I don't know why, but this was such a cigar I looked forward to uh, reviewing, and now we get to do it, so well, right on. That'll be a fun. It is a fantastic size. I mean, I know you mentioned it's a little bit pricey for something this size, but I adore this size in, in the regular line and w with the, the Reserva wrapper on it. It, it it is fantastic in that respect. You know what? I've gone yeah, out again. Man, yeah, that is so uncommon. What the heck what is you, going on? You you've been talking a lot because I'm freezing. <laughs> yeah, you're talking. It's just going to sound like a chatterbox, literally. <laughs> Well, we, uh, following this enjoyable Cigar of the Week, we will talk more about our regular news. Uh, we'll get into uh, perhaps some discussion about a week of experiments I had and quite an interesting listener email from a friend of the show, Ian Winchester. So stick around. we got uh, some good conversation ahead of us, undoubtedly a few rat holes and uh, oh, probably more laughs than you can count. Excellent. And you know what I'm going to do? Nope. Just to, to pump up the laugh category, 
What are you going to do? I'm going to have me some Kraken. <laughs> oh, man. You you have said you don't care for that. And is that not going to color your perception of this cigar? Well, it already tastes like something I don't like, and it won't stay lit. So Are you kidding me? You, you don't like this cigar? Oh, no. I was being combative. Uh, I just the cinnamon flavor, the commenting about how I wasn't in love with the cinnamon. Gotcha. I, it's just so drastically different. That that broadleaf, it's amazing how much that changes the the character of the cigar. It does. It, it, it is absolutely amazing knowing that the, that internally this is the same cigar, and just changing that just that one wrap, it, it makes a an amazing difference. And this is a, a really good. Uh, cigar to to do that little experiment with just trying you know a couple different wrappers on the same same binder and filler. Um, it's an it's an easy one. These are technically still floating around out there, but there's just not a whole lot of them. I uh, <laughs> you know it's kind of funny. Along those lines, I was I was doing some show prep uh, yesterday actually, reading up on <clears throat> um. Theories and articles on on why just one wrapper leaf, or the change of a wrapper leaf, can have such a drastic impact on the flavor of cigar of a cigar, or can have any impact on the flavor of a cigar. And I stumbled across uh, a manufacturer's comment saying that we do things differently at our company. Most people change the wrapper. You know, they'll put out a natural and then a Maduro wrapper. What we do is we change the filler components. And I, I kind of thought there was a split second when I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. Wait a second. You changed the filler components. You mean you make a different cigar? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you just make multiple lines. Huh. That doesn't sound like a unique concept, but you go selling yourself as a unique brand. brand. All right. And I don't remember who it was, so I... Uh, uh, I, I mean no offense to it. I just thought that it was funny. Uh, I don't know. I guess Everybody's got an angle. If you subscribe to the idea that the wrapper imparts the majority of the flavor, that that's a that's valid logic. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, as we've talked before, I think a wrapper is more akin to um, a condiment. You know, you're going to you're going to slather ketchup all over a hot dog, and all of a sudden it tastes completely different than if you put mustard on it. Um, you know, ultimately it's still a hot dog, but it don't taste the same. Or maybe a cigar, or a cigar, uh, a, a bit of food with salt and without food. Gosh, I'm having a tough time. <laughs> a bit of food with salt or without salt. You know, it's it's going to completely change the experience. So I I. Uh, I don't know. I think that that re or that manufacturer might have been uh, not achieving the success in his marketing campaign that he was hoping to. Yeah, you can you can fool some people all the time. That is true. Yeah, this is an interesting cigar. Any uh, any flavors I, uh... or comments you want to make before we get into news? Yeah, I smoked one today and then one tonight, uh, today being this morning. Uh, actually, these are my last two of these cigars. Oh. And uh, this morning, 
I mentioned it on the forum today that I was suspecting the weather and we had a really drastic drop in humidity between yesterday and today of 35 points or so. And the one this morning was really airy, uh, although you use that to describe yours going out. Mine wasn't going out. It was just very drying on the palate and had a, 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 a maybe a little more stringency to it than than this one tonight. This one is much sweeter than I remember in the past. I remember more of a, you know, a little bit of sweetness that was kind of built around a, a, an earthy core. And I'm not really getting that kind of earthiness tonight that I'm that I have grown to expect from these. Hmm. A little bit of spice initially, mostly just on a retro ale. Uh, not a great deal. It's not a, you know, a pepin, my father kind of spice that you're going to get punched in the throat if you're not ready. Just, just enough, um, kind of in the Goldilocks zone for me. Enough that I notice it and enjoy it as a condiment to the flavors, but not enough that it's painful or you know, will make you kind of. Be taken aback with a retro ham. It's smokier to me. I notice a, a definitive smoky character. When um, it's yeah, oddly enough, when it's lit, I detect smoke. <laughs> no, it it uh, it's not decidedly wood flavored or wood aroma. Like it doesn't have doesn't smell like oak or mahogany or pine. It has a a campfire sensation to it um, that's much lighter, it's much less aggressive than the fire cured stuff, but it absolutely is there to me. That's that's another uh, stark contrast from the standard Belong, but um, I think that the most notable was in that first half inch or so, the very strong cinnamon flavors. They don't seem to be around any longer, but or perhaps as prevalent as they were is probably the right way to put it. Mm -hmm. mm. And with that earthiness, originally it was kind of uh, fruity as well, and I'm not really getting that uh, in this one tonight. It's a little brighter than I remember. I'm getting much um, more fruit if I take a very small puff. Hmm. There's that, that kind of uh, tart cherry, like Stewed chart. Yeah, that's Stewed it. Tart cherry. Yep. Stewed cherries. Yeah. That's a good we one. Had a, I grew up with a cherry tree in our backyard, and uh, um, my mom would make pies every year with uh, with those cherries, and we would always net the tree or tent the tree. Um, and man, oh man, it just takes me back there. I don't even like pie, but that flavor is so specific, that cherry flavor. Hmm. hmm. I'll buy that. Hmm. Well, what do you say? I say, how about we jump into a little bit of news? Do it. Do it. You can do it. Alrighty. First up here, we got a little bit of a story uh, from the fine folks at Smokin, uh, who we've talked about before. It's a chain, a retail chain in South Florida. I think they got 11 or 12 stores now. Uh, generally, very nice stores. Uh, I love the one in Boynton Beach. That's a fantastic shop. Um, great selection, nice facilities, yeah, just great place. No connection. I've never even 
had a conversation with Abe Dababna, the, the, the owner down there, but I've patronized his shops quite a bit in the past. Um, but they do a series called the Microblends series, and they've done uh, several of them now. I believe eight in the past, uh, and what they do is contract with a manufacturer and have a limited run of some cigar, you know, some blend that you can't get otherwise. It's not sold under other marks. Uh, looking at the list here, they've uh, done Tatuaje twice. Uh, they've partnered up with Padron, My Father, Fuente, Room 101, Quesada, and 601. Uh, most recently until now, uh, they, they've announced the uh, ninth in the series. It will be called Pactum, uh, just like you think from a, a, a Latin root for a, an agreement between a couple of folks. And it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, this one is going to be uh, coming out of Illusion. Um, it's quite a bit more limited than normal. Usually there's, you know, 10 to 15,000 maybe uh, produced from this, and it looks like there's going to be, what is that, 6,000 or so of these cigars made, um, 400 boxes of 15. Uh, it'll be two allotments. First one I think is coming in December. It's going to be 200 boxes. It'll be a single 5.5-inch by 56 Vitola, having a San Andres... Capa Fina wrapper over Nicaragua binder and filler. Uh, one difference, maybe it's a positive for those that like to chase these down, is the MSRP on these is going to be $8.95 a stick. Um, in the past, those have generally run $10 or a little more. So it's a little little less expensive, maybe. A uh, smaller run. Um, normally, these don't sell out within the first 30 minutes or so. You'll have a little bit of time, but this is a pretty drastic reduction. So if you're a big Illusion fan or you just love this Microblend series, you may want to hop on that as soon as they uh, hit their sh shop floors. Um, I guess Dion will be coming down and doing a launch in December as well. Uh, I'll, I'll have to grab that date. I'll put it in the uh, show summary when I post that up. But, uh, anyway, we have a new Microblend coming. So uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm getting a little bit of uh, issues hearing you. I don't know if it's on your end or my end, but can you say, uh, or did you say anything about why you have this marked as uh, that it's being produced by Illusion-ish? Is that just because Illusion doesn't technically have a factory? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Right. Never mind. I was just curious if there was more to that. No, 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 no. It's, I just knew that Dion didn't have a factory down there rolling these out. Gotcha. So, how many, how many of those other um, micro blend uh, examples have you had? I have had both the Tatuajes. I'm trying to think. One was Anarchy. Um, I think they did that twice, didn't they? I had a different name. Uh, I don't recall. I had both of those. They were they were not my favorite tatuajes. I did not have the Padrome. I had the My Father, which was called El Hijo, uh, the son. Um, it was good, but it was very close to a regular My Father line. Uh, wasn't, uh, it wasn't stand out enough that I really went gung-ho over them. I just had a couple of them. The uh, Fuente was the Solaris 
and as big a Fuente fan as I am, I didn't care for that cigar. Um, it was extremely mild. Room 101 was the Big Delicious. I had one of those when I was down there once, but it, it was good, but I didn't make another trip to South Florida or call them up and order a box of them or anything. Uh, I did not have the Quesada um, that, that they put out two cycles ago, and I have not had the 601 Bunker Buster, which was the most recent one before now. I uh, I really, really want to try the Padron version. And I know it's been, whatever, it's been three, four years, five years oh. since they came out, but that's that's been one of my uh, wish list cigars. Hmm. Well, I don't know where you get one today. You'd have to find some private collector and have them still laying around. Well, you can pay through the nose for that. Yeah, yeah I think that, I'm, matter of fact, I'm nearly certain that's your only option for that. Unless you happened into a smoke-in, and they do have, uh, some of their shops have vintage rooms off to the side, and you can go in there and pay a premium <laughs> in the store for hard to find yeah. cigars. We've got one of those by us, Casa de Monte Cristo, in uh, uh, countryside. It's eh, a near west suburb of Chicago, one of those destination places that most guys head to, and uh, they've got they've actually got a, a couple really cool humidors. Standard humidor, they're. Um, uh, a premium humidor, in a vintage humidor, and then an escaparate with uh, either um, freshly rolled or non-production cigars that are produced for, you know, uh, one-offs or specifically for casa um, that big manufacturers put out. It's those are those are cool shops. I like that. Yeah, Corona does something similar, but they, they maybe not quite as extensive. They just have a a cabinet in a couple of their locations with, uh, you know, vintage Cubans from, you know, pre-embargo Cubans that have been around for decades. And yeah. If you're looking for something really off the wall, they have that kind of stuff. But Smoke-In has a little bit more of a selection in their vintage room. Um, a lot of hard-to-find stuff shows up in there. Hmm. Well, I think... Hmm? No, no, go right ahead. I was going to jump into the next story. Oh, I'm super excited about this. <laughs> I know you are. <sighs> what uh, my co-host is referring to is the upcoming JFR Lunatic from Casa Fernandez. Um, this cigar, JFR is their Just for Retailers line, put out several years ago. Um, in theory, supposedly only sold through brick-and-mortar shops or at the very least through shops that have a brick-and-mortar presence that also happen to sell online. Um, it's not an expensive line, but uh, pretty good, actually. I'll, I'll vouch for, if you're a Casa Fernandez fan, fan you'll, you'll like the JFR line. But the Lunatic is 8 by 80 and you heard that right. That joker is an 80-ring cigar that is 8 inches long. Um, it's like a dang nightstick, but uh, <laughs> unlike most of these outrageous, outrageously sized cigars that have been uh, becoming more and more all the rage lately, this one will at least have a tapered head on it, so you can, you know, still smoke the things that huge. <laughs> have a San Andres wrapper, which is another theme that 
that is increasingly developing as days go by. Um, you know, we've talked about for over a year now that there was a time when San Andres was taboo. Nobody would say they put Mexican tobacco on a cigar. Um, nowadays, it's it's kind of kind of hot, kind of yeah. you know, put to great use in a lot of different cigars. Uh, I did not pick up uh, what was going to be inside it. I suspect it'll be heavily Nicaraguan, as most Casa Fernandez uh, products are. Um, it'll be an extension to this brand in, in the sense that it's not just a bigger size of the, the standard JFR line. So I understand it's it's branded differently, different packaging and all, um, just going underneath that umbrella. Um going to retail for 880 per cigar which when you start factoring in the size of that thing that's a lot of a lot of Agadorsa tobacco for $8.80 you know you uh, <clears throat> you mentioned that there was a time when Mexican tobacco was essentially taboo in the industry um, I I was reading some summaries on the big smoke which uh, I think was just over the last few days um, and uh, there was a, uh, a seminar or a, a panel discussion with um, Rocky Patel and um, Arturo Tarrant and um, Fuente. Did I say Fuente? I don't know. Carlito, either way. Um, and Tarrant um, was his family put out the Teamo cigar uh, for years and years. And he was commenting about that very same thing that, you know, right now Mexican tobacco has three major um, uh, varietals that are grown there and successfully blended into a lot of common cigars. And he, he mentioned that, you know, it's kind of funny, Tayamo has been made for decades and we used to always use a Sumatran wrapper over um, San Andres Negro filler tobacco and it was just regarded as a crap cigar, but now it's funny if you came out with that same cigar, people would go, "Oh, that's an interesting combination. That might be kind of good." Yeah. And uh, now he didn't he didn't put it so bluntly, but he commented about the components and their origins, and about how uh, it just seems today Mexican tobacco is kind of respected as being cultured or sophisticated, and uh, uh, that you know, hey, maybe it's not all bad, and that we need to have a the implication was that we need to have a little bit more open mind. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Maybe you should start smoking 8 by 80s Have an open mind. Smoke those big rings. You know, I was... Okay, you're going to all say ew when I tell you this, but I'm not one of those people who throws out um, cigar butts from my ashtrays. So I've got a, you know, one of those um, grid-type ashtrays, the 4 by 4 um, and I'll keep just past cigars of the week in there um, after they're done. So I have the 6x60 uh, Florida de las Antillas uh, butt that we smoked earlier in the month. And so I'm looking at that and just having these foul visions of that being 3 eighths of an inch wider. Ugh, <laughs> like it's just turning my stomach. Oh, and man. That cigar was pressed, so it was much more comfortable than a normal 60. Yeah. yeah. So it, in actuality, well, well, they don't have a tapered head on this one, but uh, that stick that I think Asylum put out last year, it was 6 by 80 and it was not tapered. It was just a 
big hunk of cigar. Man. That was a big honking cigar. Weesh. Yeah. Oh. I had a friend who used to smoke those Teamos exclusively 20 years ago. And he he didn't even bother to keep them in a humidor or anything. He just had like a box with cigars in it. <laughs> it was full of Teamos. So I always remembered to bring my cigar to his house. <laughs> I didn't mind the Teamo itself. It's just the conditions they were kept in made them just bricks. Oh, my uh, my father-in-law is a, an occasional cigar smoker, but he does not really believe in humidors. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he literally just believes they don't exist or doesn't believe that they do any good. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he, he went to Vegas on a work convention last year sometime, and he brought me home... Uh, a number of Casa Fuentes. He bought a box. And so he gave me, I don't know, half dozen, baker's dozen, something like that. And he just had kept, still has some of the rest of uh, that box on a shelf in his office. No humidity. The, the, the box lid, the mahogany is just like, I mean, it's like arching itself up two <laughs> inches. It's so warped. Uh, it's just I unbelievable. Mean, that's a travesty. Oh, it it just burns me because I love those cigars. Man. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Bring your own cigars? Uh, Yeah, I usually try to. (laughs) Well, we got a story in here next that uh, is about Villiger, uh, who I'm not overly familiar with, um, but I think it came down through the ranks. Cigar Authority reported it, and then Half Wheel, and I think Cigar Coop did too, but... It was related to me by a, a retailer. I had a doctor's appointment earlier this week, and I was hanging out there afterward because it dilated my eyes, and I didn't want to drive all the way back home, and the cigar shop happened to be close. So that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. It's a good excuse. <laughs> eh, there's a long story there, but needless to say, I spent a few hours at the cigar shop. But um, anyway... There was a bit of a management shakeup uh, Villiger this week with the uh, president, Roy McLaren, and North American marketing director, Fabian Barantes, uh, have cut ties with the company, uh, whatever that specifically means. They, they parted ways, and uh, I guess the retailers got a, a notice from them that you know what was going on, they're realigning this and doing that and want to you know, bring the uh, their American marketing maybe a little more in line with with some of their other strategies around the world and European market specifically. I would imagine. Uh, I, I don't really know what this is going to mean. I mean, uh, Villiger to me has an American presence with what we know as long filler, premium handmade cigars, whereas their European market and presumably most of the rest of the world that they market in, uh, they, they're pretty heavy into machine-made stuff. And so, you know, I don't know what it means that their marketing is going to be realigned with, with their uh, other strategies. You know, I don't know what it means with with the existing lines. I have to admit I've had very few of their cigars about uh, a couple of months ago or so. A couple of months ago or so, uh, my friend Jeff and I walked into a, a cigar shop and this attractive young lady just 
you know, materialize from somewhere out of the back of the humidor from behind a shelf and said, hey, would you like some free samples? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, so what? she was a villager rep, and um, uh, it wasn't the trill. I'm having trouble remembering the name of that one. Cabaret, Cabaretti. Um it's a pretty good cigar, you know, and one that I would not hesitate to buy again. So I, I don't know what this is going to mean for what we now know as their American market. If that's going to change, they're going to drop lines, pick up lines, change lines. I, I don't know. I just thought it was worthwhile uh, to uh, to mention what was going on with them for all you Villager fans out there. I explain to me for someone who isn't a, a Villager fan. What does this mean for the rest of us? Why do we care about this? You have to tell me more. I'm not a Villager fan either. I mean, I'm not not a fan. I'm just not extremely experienced. I mean, I know they traditionally did not have a big presence. They really just kind of broke into this market maybe a little more uh, in the past couple of years than they had in the past. Hmm. I guess I just saw this as Okay, and I heard a lot of chatter about it being, wow, the Cigar Authority broke the story. It didn't really seem like a, I don't know, a story anybody cared about. Yeah, I think part of that is they, the, the, the company, like I said, doesn't have the biggest market presence or market share here in the U.S., so, you know, maybe there's not just a whole lot of, there's not a lot of diehard Villager fans. There's, you know, there's there's Padron fanboys, there's Fuente fanboys, there's Tatuaje, Drew Estate, but I don't think I've ever met a Villager fanboy. Hmm. Can't say that I have either. Yeah. That's all right, though. Somebody cares. They do, or we wouldn't be talking about it. Well, our next story is kind of a crappy one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've used all of my uh, <laughs> English and creative writing skills to describe this appropriately. Okay. <laughs> I'm anxious to hear that. <laughs> well, no, no. To have described it properly, it's a crappy story. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, folks, the uh, the Nebraska smoking ban that we mentioned last week and have discussed on other occasions as uh, as well, that situation has come to a head and it has ended. Done. Cigar bars are losing their permits to allow smoking at any point now. It is a sad, sad day for the state of American cigar smokers and. Uh, what it is that we're going to look forward to in the next 10 years, or dread, I guess I should say, in the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, there's every chance in the world this kind of thing will domino down the line. And, and uh, what Craig's talking about is the story we've spoken of numerous times in the past six or eight weeks, uh, where a ban was passed in Nebraska. One bar owner wanted to, basically wanted to, undo or repeal the ban and, and was suing and going through the court system because he wanted to allow smoking and he wasn't a cigar bar. When it got to the Supreme Court, they said, okay, we're not going to throw out the ban. We're going to go the other way and say you can't. nobody has the exemption anymore. And uh, so what that did was put into jeopardy the ability to smoke a cigar in a cigar shop 
and they have now this week uh, just come out and refused to reconsider their judgment and it's kind of a, a done deal unless somebody could appeal that further and I don't know that that would be successful I imagine that would be the one day out of the year that our federal Supreme Court would say oh that's a state tried its issue and, and, <laughs> and not even hear the case but uh, yeah. um, so you know I don't know where we go from here but I imagine there will be other places follow suit because legal precedents kind of a big deal in this country so yeah, it's kind of a sucky story. Well, I uh, quite frankly, I think that this could have been our lead story, and it potentially could have been something that uh, uh, I shouldn't even say potentially. It probably should be something that every single one of us grabs a hold of, reads, understands, forwards, shares of the story about spreads the words, cries from the mountaintops, talk about it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, take a picture on Instagram and post it up there that you're pissed at, at Nebraska. Contact your local represent, representation. Let them know that you don't want something like this to happen here in wherever here is for you because this is something that I think someone's going to grab a hold of and say, you know what, maybe it's unconstitutional for them to, there to be exemptions in our area. And boy, oh boy, I uh, I am afraid of the writing on the wall that this looks to be for the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know if it'll be picked up and and carried up the chain or not, or or how that could even work. But uh, it was not uh, not cheerful news for sure for cigar smokers. No, not at all. And which. Kind of goes in line with our next item up here. Uh, we talked a uh, couple, three weeks ago or so about, uh, I think it's Manchester, Massachusetts, um, wanted to prohibit the sale of tobacco in, in their little town um, and become the first, first municipality in the country to just ban the sale of tobacco outright which seems ludicrous to me, <clears throat> and it should to most anybody, uh, smoker or not, uh, to ban the sale of a legal product. And, of course, retailers in the area are up in arms. They're like, you guys are not going to cut down smoking in anybody. They're going to drive 10 minutes up the road and spend their money somewhere else, which is going to drive down your tax collection also as a, a corollary. And so they had their uh, public comment period or, or meeting with the, the uh, Board of Health, which is kind of the controlling body that would do this. And there were lots of people showed up and singing and chanting and going on. And I guess the, the lady that was, I saw a little video snippet, the lady that was the chair of the Board of Health there just dismissed the meeting. She said, no, it's too unruly. We're not taking chances on riots I think she said actually we're not and she just called the meeting said okay we're done and so uh, I don't know if they're going to take some uh, written arguments I suppose but uh, I don't know what they're going to do with this um, I guess we'll, we will find out in the coming weeks but that's another one doesn't look especially rosy for for those of us who enjoy a cigar and, and I have to say the the little arguments that I did hear 
from the video were largely people that did not smoke. They were like, I, I, this one guy in particular, like, he thought smoking is an absolutely disgusting habit, but that this idea of banning the sale of tobacco there is more so, <laughs> more disgusting than, than the habit. Here, here. It is. It's a personal liberty that's gone. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I guess you could say, well, we're not banning it everywhere. We don't want it to be disallowed everywhere. We just don't want it here. Well, you got to understand that that's what people use as a precedent to prevent it from being everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, this isn't well, a partisan so. conversation. This is just a... I, I don't know. It's not a partisan conversation. It's a realistic conversation about how our country works. Yeah, exactly. I see uh, Cigar Coop, William Cooper, Will Cooper, is uh, in the chat room. He said that uh, I've not had a chance to see this, but congratulations to the Stogie Geeks' third anniversary of the show. And they did an all-day marathon today and broadcast for somewhere about eight hours, I believe. Um, I did not catch the Glenn Loop segment, but he's saying that uh, Glenn told them today while he was on the show with them that uh, they, being CRA, is pursuing a fight through the Nebraska legislature and there's less risk for other states to follow suit because of some quirks in the Nebraska Constitution. So I'm not sure all the finer points and details of that, but I'll, I will go back and grab that segment and and uh, hear him out today and see what the, the, the plan is that maybe CRA has in store. It's, uh, <clears throat> that is a smart move. There's a request in the chat room to see if we can post up a video to that, too. And I'm not exactly sure if that's um, a post for the Glenn segment or just a link to uh, the the video broadcast as a whole or the, the recap as a whole. I'm not sure, but either way, I, as soon I, as something becomes available, I'm sure we'll put it up. I took it that he meant the video from Manchester. Uh, I'll dig it up. I'll get that posted up. You probably have to remind me Monday morning when you realize I've forgotten. But I will <laughs> remember. You can blame it on the tumor. That's what I've been doing. Well, what else we got here? There is a new Davidoff flagship store coming. And I know there's a lot of Davidoff fans. And I know we have a fair number of downloads in the Atlanta area. But you guys are the ones being blessed with the store. Uh, it's going to be in Buckhead, which is uh, one of the more affluent areas of Atlanta, for those of you that know the town. Um, it's going to be about 3,000 square feet, which is sizable, but not gargantuan as far as the cigar store goes. Uh, have all the traditional stuff. Have a walk-in humidor, retail space. It'll have a lounge. It'll have a VIP or members-only lounge. And then additionally, I noticed that uh, it's going to have a conference room. So you can have your you, know, you can have your board meetings there and hang out with a cigar, which I think is pretty dang cool. But, hmm. uh, I don't get into Atlanta too awful often, but I do pass through there a couple times a year at least. And I put in the notes that I'd like to stop by and add a little hillbilly to the Davidoff experience sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Should be opening I, next spring. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't go right ahead. Oh, we're done. 
I really love the idea of another Davidoff flagship. Um, have you you say you have been in them before? Mm-mm. I have not. Well, you have not. I'm sorry. I thought you said you had. Mm-mm. I'm misunderstanding. I, I'm interested to know what they're like. I've not been in one. I, I think that you know. Of course, they have everything from Davidoff and uh, and all, but. My understanding is they really focus on the experience, on being served in a Davidoff store, and then really taking care of the customer, which is probably good at the the price that Davidoff carries normally. That's a valid point. Uh, so you uh, you actually just mentioned something that I'm curious about. You think that they will have all Davidoff offerings? I believe yes. I believe their flagship stores carry. All the the whole Davidoff range. Hmm. I I'm surprised by that. I didn't expect it. Now I don't mean just Davidoff authorized retailers. I mean a Davidoff flagship store. Well, I 100% understand that. I mean I read about this ahead of time. I just expected that Davidoff flagship store to be more about the experience than the cigar. Davidoff seems to be the luxury brand, and I think they even market as such. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. So I assumed that it would have that lean rather than the the cigar aficionado or the the passionate collector focus. You know, I didn't. I I, I think that Davidoff could achieve what they want to achieve without having to send, you know, thirty boxes of Colorado Claros or, you know, year of the X. Uh, boxes over there. I just assumed that they would be more more focused on the aficionado rather than the cigar, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and, and I believe they do. I, I mean, I, I even saw a note in the, the uh, info that that they did that. They were committed to the experience, to quote-unquote mm. being served in a Davidoff store. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. <clears throat> Dunhill used to be the same way, but Dunhill anymore has gotten to where they just about don't want to be associated with tobacco. <laughs> They've segregated their tobacco operations out so, you know, with so much of a wall there that it's almost like they don't want their name associated with it anymore. And it was founded by tobacco guys, a tobacconist. I, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I agree with what you said. I think da- uh, Dunhill, at one time, for, for quite a while, or at least not just a very short period, um, focused on the cigar. Didn't necessarily focus on the aficionado uh, as what we're oh, no, talking no. about for Davidoff. That's not what I mean. I mean, <clears throat> the, all the other luxury products that carry the name Dunhill are all together. Tobacco products with the word Dunhill on them are handled completely separately, and 99% of the ads you see worldwide, not in Cigar Aficionado or somewhere, as a total, there's a tiny little percent of them have a Dunhill tobacco ad. Everything else is Dunhill belts and shoes and clothes and pins and uh, that kind of stuff. I uh, I understand now. I thought you were referring to days of yesteryear when Dunhill essentially controlled the cigar market in the world, that they didn't focus so much on the cigar. I misunderstood. 
No, I just think they're they're segregating their tobacco operations with a, a hard line. No, I'll totally agree with you. Yeah. Mm. Well, I see you. I kind of stole your thunder there, but you had one more little item in the notes. No, no, I uh, n consider thunder not stolen whatsoever. I'm glad to give this as much discussion as possible. This is, um, quite frankly, it's it's an admiration shout out. It's it's something that uh, I think all of our listeners should be aware of in a little more detail than we already have discussed, and that's the fact that the Stogie Geeks uh, today, Stogie Geeks podcast today, broadcasted for eight hours in support of the CRA. They had damn near a dozen guests, I believe, was on the were on the docket. One of them uh, <clears throat> to be rescheduled, but. That's just an incredible feat, and this isn't just a uh, a showing of, hey, let's just see what we can do. This is an absolute, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a benchmark in the cigar podcasting, cigar media uh, world. I think we'll look back on this someday and say, hey, you know what, that was a really damn good show that had a ton of content, not just fluff, but serious cigar content, well-produced, well-put-together, incredibly knowledgeable, and a gentleman in our chat room right now who I didn't even know was going to be here, William Cooper, man, uh, a member of that podcast, I want to give a shout-out and say absolutely, positively, every one of our listeners, when they hear this, after we're recording, if, of course, you're hearing it live, <laughs> should go up to stogiegeeks.com and uh, check out their website, listen to their podcast. Great content, great guys, and... Uh, a personal shout out. Well done. Well done. Here, here. Will Cooper's the hardest working man in cigar media. <laughs> best I can tell, Will hadn't slipped in several years. <laughs> yeah, best I can tell, Will has that conversation with his wife, like I had with my wife, every single night of the week. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a as an insult. I mean that that your dedication is enviable. So. All right, man love over. <laughs> Get your man crush worked out for the night. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about this cigar before it's burned out or goes out again. Yeah, mine uh, seems to be just slightly underfilled in the back uh, half of it. Now that I'm getting down there, it's really the draw has really, really opened up quite a bit. Mm. Uh, still, still smoking well. Taking on a little bit more of a, um, a sharp citrus kind of flavor, and it's and overall I would not call it sharp, um, but the sweetness is maybe subdued a little bit. More citrus, and when I say citrus now, I don't mean the sweet orange kind of citrus. It's more uh, lemony, almost even grapefruit. Um, I'm digging it. I actually I'm enjoying this much better than the one I had this morning, uh, and. This is more in line with the enjoyment I got from these six months ago. Um, mm. But I think definitely they have kind of polished up a little bit and, and maybe some of the edges knocked down. Uh, the earthiness is not as prevalent as maybe it was in the earlier days. And, and I'm sitting here smoking this last one thinking, you know, I should have snagged a dang box of these when I had the chance. Mm. But I didn't. I... I find it incredibly funny that you have had just about the absolute opposite <laughs> experience that I've had. Um, 
I think this cigar is incredibly strong, the strongest of all the Tat Reservas I've had. The last two that I've smoked have been identical to this in that strength. Um, very hard flavors. I don't get a lot of balance out of this at uh, and I don't necessarily mean that as a negative. I don't get balance out of this. I mean this as a there doesn't seem to be a complementary flavor that hard to soft that that citrus to to um, earth, you know. I'm at about two and seven eighths inches left and I have to pretty much constantly take a drink when I take a puff because it is it's pretty strong to me. I'm I'm definitely feeling like these are going to sit for a little while longer, develop more of that sweetness, develop a little more of the marriage, lose a little bit of their edge, and uh, I will come back to them in maybe another six months and give one a try, see how it's it's rounded out. Yeah, we are definitely having a different experience. Um, so much so that every across the board, every time I've smoked these, either by themselves or somewhere near uh, one of the regular Belonc, um, I've favored the regular line more so than this. And probably still would, even with this tonight. But i got to say, this is much more in line with that, that regular line. If it were not for this Reserva band, I may have actually had trouble figuring out which one it was. It's much more like the other than I would have expected. Hmm. I I don't get that at all. Wow. Wow. Must be the weather. Sitting out here, 48 degrees. <laughs> uh, well, we can blame something. If you want to blame weather, that's fine. I'll just blame you. Yeah, blame the tumor. That's what I, I'm, I'm blaming everything on that thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we got in here? You got three cigars to talk about tonight. Yeah, I had some fun this week and uh, <clears throat> really kind of wanted, I don't know, I really wanted to, to I don't want to say learn something, but stay sharp. How's that? Um, I had a little bit of an experiment this week. Hmm. I, uh, I decided that I wanted to smoke tobacco instead of smoke cigars, if that makes sense. I was interested in seeing what experiments did, or how experiments were impacted. So um, a cigar that I blended when I was at Drew Estate was smoked. Um, a CAO Brasilia hybrid, half CAO Brasilia, half Mike Stewart Casa Trompeta cigar was smoked. And then I smoked... A little Purito, um, like a, yeah, I don't know, four and a quarter by 38, four and a quarter by 34, somewhere in the in the 30s, narrow, thin little cigar of a Dominican Corojo leaf. Um, and hot damn, was it, was it a fun week to just sit back and soak it all in and think about how much I love tobacco, how much I respect the art of blending, and, and how much I love cigars. It's it is my lifestyle and part of who I am and and I had a blast. I uh I wrote up uh, a a little more I don't know uh it, it's a review that's a little bit more of a story 
are a little more of a journey than more of a standard uh, review that, that you've been putting up on my Chagringo Reloaded, as I call it. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll put that up on Half Ashed, hopefully even tonight, maybe tomorrow. Um, the Frankenzilla uh, that came from Mike Stewart was a really unique pairing. It, it tasted like a Brasilia, but if you were to make a Brasilia light, you know, it wasn't as full-bodied, it wasn't as bold as a normal Brasilia, um, but I found it to be approachable and enjoyable. One of those, one of those, ah, I can see the whole picture sort of a cigars, you know, sort of a cigar. Like smoking uh, uh, all the sizes in a line, it really gives you an idea what that blend is going to be like or what what characteristics it has. Um, smoking this uh, cigar was, it is the Brasilia um, filler tobacco that Mike Stewart took apart, wrapped in a different binder and wrapper leaf of his, uh, uh, on his own, because he rolls his own cigars, so... Uh, beautifully in uh, the Chicago suburbs, but I I really thought that it didn't change what the cigar was. It just allowed me to see more of what it was, which was really great. Um, And that Chagringo had some Dominican Corojo in it, and so I dug through some of my tobacco samples, tobacco uh, little, you know, puritos, puritos as I call them, and uh, found a Dominican Corojo leaf and gave that a smoke and uh, realized how much well-processed, well-aged Corojo uh, can just make you have a better day. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a damn great leaf with an incredible complexity. feels like a blend. It always does. Every time you smoke Corojo leaf alone, it feels like a blend. There's so much to it. Mm-hmm. It's been a good few days for me. Cool. Hey, I gotta, I gotta get my crap together and get this move made. My cohorts that have already made the move to the Dominican had a a group come down that were cigar guys, and they had a one of the a private little tasting seminar with Jose Blanco, and I was jealous as I'll get out last week. Oh man. <laughs> Holy cow. That does sound like an awesome thing. It does, yeah. Well, I got a couple of cigars on here, but I'm not going to really talk about them. Because I have <laughs> reviews up for both of these. So if you go to halfashed.com, halfashed, A-S-H-E-D, dot com, um, you can see both of those are still right on the front page right for the time being until we get a couple more articles posted up there. Um, I did the Hoya de Nicaragua Hoya Red, which I enjoyed quite a bit. And if that cigar was just the tiniest little bit, had a little more oomph to it, um, maybe, you know, a little the flavor was a little bolder, um, that'd be a fine, fine cigar. But still still scored really well on the, the schedule that we're using these days. And then the Coots Nicaraguan Blend, uh, that one did pretty good too. Had a couple of construction issues amongst the three that I uh, that I smoked for that, but uh, it was a solid smoke. But didn't didn't stand my world on its head. I'll say that. You know, I, I was surprised by that because it's still got a pretty a, uh, surprising or pretty high score from you. Hmm. 
for a cigar that you even mentioned wasn't completely in your wheelhouse yet it's still got an 89 I believe an 88 yeah the um, when I sat down and did the score the one that had no um, it was the one that had no construction oh actually two of them had one had very minor one had no construction trouble but the there was one that was just really tight and the wrapper split about halfway through and but that's not the one I was scoring. But it didn't make me want to help that cigar out any because it was, you know, within a fraction of a point of making the grade. But uh, I'm looking back over here now. Looks like it. The burn did well. It got a 90 on the burn and the balance, um, well balanced, but between you know flavor and strength, uh, didn't it wasn't particularly strong either one. Um, I think really that would be my only criticism is that nothing stood out as superlative for this cigar. It was very straightforward. Um, has a great price point. I'm trying to look. I don't remember the... But they range from 490 to 690 uh, which is a great price. Um, so the price was not factored into that. Or hmm. it would have even bumped it up probably. But... Um, Construction, it got an 88 when that was, that's a, that actually is a pretty significant deduction uh, in the, in this schedule. And I'm, I'm learning as we go through this and I get a few more reviews under my belt with this system. And, and we had, did recently make a change in that pricing where uh, what was happening was cigars under the $10 or the $9 mark were effectively getting a big bonus just because they were priced that low. Um, and so we did some tinkering there where if they fall below, and I don't recall now if I said it at 9 or $10, but if it falls below that, pricing is disregarded. It just takes an average of the other scores and puts into the, the value column. Whereas if it's more expensive, you know, I think if you have two cigars that perform dead nuts equally well, one of them cost eight dollars and one cost thirteen. I think the one that's eight dollars has accomplished more for you know more bang for the buck. And so I think that I, I don't want to give a bonus just for being un, within that sweet spot, uh, but I do want it at least noted that hey, this this cigar did well, but but it cost thirteen bucks. Um, and so there's a there's a sliding scale for that too. But I don't think eighty-eight or eighty-nine is. Uh, Certainly not a terrible score, but I don't think it's a. Certainly not going to be the cream of the crop for me. Do you think that maybe price should not be a factor? It should just always be mentioned. I don't know. Uh, that that has been the hardest thing to work out with this new uh, system, for for the reasons I just explained. You know, I don't. I don't think you can make the same cigar and sell it. You know, one of them for double the price and and get an equal score but I just don't I don't think you've introduced the same value into the marketplace you know and we we talked about <clears throat> uh, an inherent flaw in the system is how do you review a cigar that you can't just go out and buy mm -hmm. so uh, you know whether that be hey this cigar took five years to become amazing but now it's amazing and this experience demands a hundred points or 
like my the cigar that I'm going to put as my review. My self-blended cigar is not something you could ever even go out and buy, but it still is being reviewed. Right. So, and and you know, that had not actually come up yet, and that was a good point. Right. When we were right. trading texts this week where if you're smoking a cigar like that or a CFC cigar, I got you know Carlito was given out at, in the in the Dominican that you just can't buy. It's not sold anywhere. There is no MSRP. Right, right. I think for that kind of thing, we're just going to have to ignore the price and let the, the score stand or whatever it is. I mean, because <clears throat> think about it. Uh, three weeks ago, I think, I smoked that, that uh, Padron 80-year. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it was a Padron 80-year. And you and I both said that it was shocking the amount of similarities that that had to um, the AJ Fernandez San Latano. Mm -hmm. um, so how could you possibly review both of those cigars at you know one being forty percent of the price of the other one and have them receive the Equal same score? They couldn't. You, you shouldn't. I'll put it that way. Right. So that makes me think that that. That's at least one um, reason why it, it just can't be factored in. Yeah. And exactly. I know we keep seeing the same thing over and over again, but still, it's... Yeah, we're working it out. Yep. <clears throat> and you never once said that it was a, a finished product. You always alluded to the fact that you thought there'd be evolution to that, uh, uh, to that concept, and I think that that's correct. Yeah. And and it is. I mean, I've already, like I said, I've already made a change within the past six weeks. Yep. So it is yeah, what I it think, is. I think guidelines are posted on the website right now being valid from October 2014 on, that that's when they were changed. So there you go. Well, I guess that's six weeks, isn't it? And that was a, that was a minor change to the formula. There were only a couple of reviews that went with the other. Um, I'm pretty... Pretty okay with how it is now until something else comes up, I suppose. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put something out there and then be constantly changing it so that the same cigar would score six points different, you know, a, a, a month later or whatever. Right, right. I completely agree with that. That would be essentially render it useless. But yeah, and, and the same thing, even if it's not a limited cigar that you can't buy, if it's a cigar that, I'll tell you what, the, back to Padron. We smoked a Padron Natural Corona last year that was eight years old. That's not the same cigar that you could go buy off the shelf at the time. It's just not. It has eight more years of whatever on it. Um, and in a case like that, I think you may have to do something with the price factor there, too, because... It's, it has a different value if you can go pick it up off the shelf today and buy it, or if you got to pick it up off the shelf and you got to wait several years to get the same experience. And not that you do with Padron or anybody else. That was just an example of something that you could still find and buy now, but what we smoked is not what you could buy now without paying a premium to a private collector. Anyway, that is correct. We've spitballed enough publicity <coughs> on this one. <laughs> we'll keep everybody abreast of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the right way to have handled that. 
Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Well, I uh, did have a, a, an issue with uh, a gentleman this week with some forum issues. I believe we have worked out now. He's made a couple of posts since then. Um, a couple of notes for those of you that may be trying to join the forum or log in after being out for a while. Um, if you're using Safari as your browser and it doesn't let you log in, send me an email, kip at halfashed.com, excuse me, um, and I'll get it fixed up for you. There, There's a little bit of a, a snafu with Safari uh, where it did not want to allow some cookies and whatnot, but uh, I believe he's functional now. I don't know of anyone else having any current issues after all the changes. Um the, the website and forum has in, been in a constant state of change for about three weeks now, but I believe it's pretty well shook out and settled. Um, the only issue you may run into now if you come join the forum is if you have certain um, email addresses. Hotmail is notorious. Yahoo is notorious for people creating fake accounts. So if you try to join with one of those two, it may reject you. If that's the case, send me an email, and I will, I will manually add your username to the forum. Um, uh, it looks like there's one more just popped up. I don't know what's going on. That's the second person. <laughs> anyway, if it doesn't let you register, send me an email. I'll get you added in. Uh, the spam controls are set really tight because, quite frankly, I got tired of deleting out manually a hundred user accounts every morning when I got out of bed. Um, so we scaled that down pretty tight, uh, but uh, otherwise should be good to go. Got a little bit of an issue <laughs> now. It's happened to two different people, but um, get it there. Um, what well, else we got here? Oh, I got one more thing I'll mention, and then I'll turn it over to you. And that is this little gadget right here um, called the Screw Pop. This is not a paid endorsement, but they did give me this for free, so take it for what it's worth. But they put this thing out a year ago, put out the first edition of this last year, and it was okay. I carried it around for a while, had some issues with the design. It was a different design at the time, but this thing showed up a couple weeks ago and uh, uh, with some sweeping improvements. They, they really uh, did a little bit of leg, leg work and took some advice and reformatted this thing. So what is this thing? I'm sorry, it's called Screw Pop. It's a combination cigar cutter, or punch rather. If you screw the end off, you see it has a punch there if you're looking at the video. Um, much improved punch. The uh, the other end is a bottle opener with a little clip on it. You can hang it on a whatever. Here, uh, hang it on a travel humidor or a key ring or zipper on your jacket or wherever you want to put the thing. Uh, I don't have a great deal of use for a bottle opener, but I have been using this punch. It seems like it has maybe just a little bigger bore, but I wrote up a snippet about it, uh, and I don't do accessory reviews very often. I just don't. Uh, it's not my thing. I'm not an expert on <laughs> cigar punches, certainly. But man, I'm digging this thing. I'm I'm liking it a lot so much that I may end up getting another one or two of these and purchasing them myself just to 
loop around the car or travel humidors and whatnot. I got really? I got to give it to them that the the changes they made are are not just big changes; they're good changes. They um, they actually asked for input and advice a year and a half, almost two years ago now, and uh, apparently took those to heart. I'm sitting here tinkering with. I've been using it almost exclusively, uh, except when something called for a a straight cut for the past week and a half or so, and really grooving on it. Do you ever use? I mean, I know that you're not a big punch guy all the time, but do you ever use a punch on Figurados or, you know, including torpedoes, pyramids, uh-huh. that sort of a thing? I do not. I, I was always amazed that there were guys at the cigar store who just would take a punch and punch the top. You know, if this was the torpedo, they would punch the top right by the head so that way when you would take a draw off a torpedo, the smoke would hit the the hard pallet uh, first. It would just go straight up rather than actually cutting through the tip end of it. Yeah, what I have seen before is somebody do that something similar with the chisel, like the LaFleur Dominicana chisel. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I saw a guy actually took that, and those of you that know that cigar, it's kind of a flattened chisel tip, and I saw a guy that would punch the top and punch the bottom so it came out both sides. It's interesting. But no, I don't normally do that. Normally, it's just a plain parejo, and I punch the back of it. And and I'm not a prolific punch. I'm normally this little teardrop Zycar cutter here. I use for almost everything. Uh, but this, I have not had a good solid punch in a long time. But this one, this one I like. Hmm. Like I said, I've not really well tested the the bottle opener, so because I'm just don't drink out of bottles much, but I like the punch. I like it. So I am nearing the end of this uh, Belonc Reserva. Um, got less than two inches left, and I took the wrapper off, and now I am smoking that alone. And, uh, man, it's... It's such a flavorful wrapper. I just can't say enough good about it. Hmm. Mm. Just so much flavor. It's so uncommon to me for a wrapper to just have such a unique uh, set of flavors, not just, oh, hey, that tastes like this, or that lends this flavor or this taste to the cigar, but to have it be, you know, as I described the Corojo, uh, a, a complex single leaf. I love that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was chatting a little bit about the farm here. No, no, no problem at all. Just damn good. I, uh, I've i still got the cigar going, sans wrapper, obviously. And uh, once I burn through the slightest little bit that's just under the mascara line, I'll be interested to see if this tastes or reminds me of uh, the normal Bell Encre. I means know. pretty pretty ink, by the way. More beautiful ink. A nice little play for the tatouage line. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a little bit of a note there. What you got going on? I do. This is this is a, a stupid one. So everybody, <laughs> take off your thinking yeah, caps. And this one. 
<laughs> like everything we've said the past hour and 45 minutes wasn't stupid. <laughs> well, I, I mean, let's be honest. The, the item I've put into the notes is simply two words. Walking dead. So I, uh, uh, my wife and I got Netflix recently. We signed up for a, a free uh, trial of it. and So I, I don't really watch much TV. I don't seem to find the time, but um, I thought, hey, you know, what the heck with all this at my disposal, I'll look into some of those shows that, you know, if I wasn't doing anything at a Thursday at 7, I might watch, you know, or whatever the heck it's on. But So Walking Dead was one of those shows, and uh, I have absolutely gotten into it. The first season is six episodes, and I think I've finished the first season this week, um, which is a lot for me. I'm going to bed later. Uh, I'm, you know, oh, I've got 20 minutes. Uh, I'll watch a little bit. I'm streaming a little bit uh, at work on lunch break. Just silly things. And it got me thinking. Hold on, let me take a drink. What the heck would we do if it was the end of the world? You know, if it was the zombie apocalypse, would you still smoke cigars? Would you, would you I don't know, still be the same person? Would you still want to take a a bit of relaxation to say, you know what, uh, life is all the more stressful now. I need a cigar more than ever. It just, it kind of was one of those silly things that struck me. I wanted a cigar when I was watching an episode and thought, holy cow, if this was real life and it really was the, the apocalypse, the end of times, uh, I think I'd still want a cigar. Yeah, as, as vain as that sounds, I think I'd want to have a cigar. I'd risk the uh, the zombies. Yeah, you can take out enough zombies to get to a cigar shop and raid it. It's just yeah, that's exactly that was one of the things I I I would thought of. <laughs> you know what? There are cigar stores completely filled with cigars that I bet nobody else is going to be interested in going after. Who man, that could be fun. Yeah, you send out a couple of folks for food and water and whatnot, and you go get the cigars. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to be raiding the local grocery store. I'll raid the local tobacconist. Yeah, and then and then you better learn how to grow tobacco pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth? And get yourself to a proper climate. Well, that's true too. You ain't uh, you ain't going to be doing much smoking in. Montana, like uh, Kid Corona, when it was 10 degrees today. <laughs> Minus 10. Minus 10? Oh, geez, I thought that was 10. <laughs> Holy cow, that ain't fun. Oof. Well, speaking of Kid Corona, we have an email from Ian Winchester this week. So let's see what Ian's got to say. I have a cooler door that I use to age cigars that I keep between 55 and 60% humidity. It's lined with Spanish cedar, and the cigars sit in cigar boxes. Before I smoke these aged gems, I transfer them to my regular humidor that sits between 65 and 68. Mm. Uh, aging cigars is fairly new to me, as in I just moved my first batch of one-year-old Habanos out of the cooler door and into the regular Humi. So... Questions. Is the 55 to 60% range appropriate for long-term storage and aging? And how long should I let them acclimate to the 65 to 68% in my regular humidor before they're ready to smoke? 
Well, that's more of a question for you than me because mine don't typically last that long to matter, and I got sixty-five across the board and everything I got. I, I'll be very frank with this. If you're going to age cigars for decades, be concerned with the climate. If you're going to age cigars for twelve months, don't go through the hassle. It's not going to make that big of a difference. If you age a cigar at 55% humidity, excuse me, and 60 degrees, what that's going to do is slow down and make more complete the aging process. More complete means it's a little more graceful. Um, think of it this way. If you were to have a, a bottle of wine that was 10 years old that was left on the counter, it might be darn near approaching vinegar. If you were to have that same 10-year-old bottle of wine and kept it downstairs in a cellar out of uh, sunlight or UV rays, it might be a slightly more blossomed uh, bottle of wine. Keeping it in those ideal conditions just slows the process. But quite frankly, I don't think you're going to notice much of a difference or at least much of a benefit unless you literally are talking in... 10 years, 20 years, 30 years time. Um, that's that's the number one thing that I've noticed. Five years will make a difference in a cigar, no doubt about it. But if that cigar is vacuum sealed and in the back of your humidor gets no light and is you know in uh, um, lower humidity levels, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference in comparison to the top of your humidor where it might get more or to in 72 degrees versus 62 um, I, the, the, the entire process is such a low and slow ordeal that aging for 12 months um, isn't really going to reveal that much uh, how do I want to say this I guess difference is the easiest way but it's not going to reveal finesse if that makes sense now some of your specific questions Ian are about um, how long do you need to let them sit in your main humidor? Um, the only hard and fast statistic or, or guideline that I've ever heard is that for every one week in an environment, um, a controlled environment, your cigars will adjust 1% internal humidity or moisture saturation. Let's put it that way. So if you're going from 55 to 65, 10 weeks is the ideal time frame. And that seems ludicrous. It seems huge. But I don't know any different from that, and I've been told that that is, um, uh, gosh, uh, not a factor, a formula to uh, to follow. Um, I, I don't know if you necessarily need to go there. There are some other alternatives to speed that up, which involve literally saturating the cigar if you're bringing it from a low humidity low temperature setting saturate the cigar get the wrapper completely soaking wet even dip it in water if you want don't expose the filler to water dip the wrapper in water and then let that cigar dry out for a day or so the wrapper will become completely mottled but it will introduce a lot of that moisture into the cigar and tobacco is hydroscopic it will absorb it properly and bring it up at a much quicker level it's not as clean, it's not as accurate, but it will get the job done. It sounds crazy, it works, I've done it. But that's kind of a, hey, let's cheat the system a little bit 
time is money when it comes to cigars and money in the swingers uh, kind of cool uh, definition. The more time, the better it will be. 12 months isn't a ton to age, but don't be afraid of, of leaving it in your normal humidor for a couple months before you want to smoke it if you want it to really kind of get back to that normal level. That's that's what I've been told. Oh, so, and and your your original question of is fifty five to sixty percent an appropriate range for long term storage and aging? Yes. If you're gonna talk twenty years, that's where you want it to be. Fifty five percent, fifty five, sixty degrees. Absolutely. I'll buy it. Still. There you go. <laughs> Kind of crazy, I know, I know, but there are guys who've got cigar collections that are fifty thousand cigars. You know, uh, I, in the MRN Encyclopedia, Illustrated Encyclopedia of Post-Revolution Cigars, I believe that the author comments that it's not uncommon for um, dedicated cigar smokers in Hong Kong, uh, which is where the author is from for the average collector to have a collection that is 10,000 cigars strong. Um, Holy crap. It, average collector. Not the big boys, <laughs> the average collector. That's, that's saying something. That's a bunch of cigars. I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty in this joker. Yeah, me too. It, uh, it's a good length for, for the show. An hour and a half, hour 45, and... I'm darn near uh, ready to set her down. Let's see what have I got left here. I got seven eighths of an inch or so. Oh wow! You are much further along. Well, surprise, surprise! I smoked the wrapper for a little <laughs> bit, and you smoke faster than me. That's the case. Well, what do you got to say about it now? You know the the wrapper for me is is absolutely a highlight for this cigar. It it is such a beautiful leaf without question, gorgeous flavor. I just don't yet see that it works perfectly with this blend. I would rather smoke a traditional Belanque than uh, the Reserva. Um, so far, I mean, and these have been out for what seven months, eight months, yeah, something like that. I mean, they're really just starting to settle down rather than rather than age. So uh, it, I'd go for a rather uh, a regular Belong, um, and hope that these things aren't as strong <laughs> in uh, in two years' time or so. But don't be afraid of uh, of checking back in on them every couple months because it could just go like that, where all of a sudden this thing turns into one of those beauties. Yep. I had to work one of those in for the night. Yeah, you haven't had one yet. Well, I just did. <laughs> you know, odd question. Okay. Does does this cigar... You're outdoors, so it's a little bit of a different story, but does this cigar aggravate your eyes at all? You know what? It did this morning, actually. It And that's not something that normally happens to me. But when I was talk, talking about it on the forum this morning, it had blown in into my face and got my eyes and made them water significantly. 
I find myself wanting to keep my eyes closed because it's uh, it's a little bit of an acrid smoke that has a it doesn't sting me. It just makes me kind of water and feel polluted. It's, hmm. it's odd, and I don't know if I've ever had a cigar that we've reviewed that uh, has done that to me. Well, I'm going to stick with my uh, pretty standard preference for the regular line. I did have a very good experience with this one tonight, and I, and for that matter, I've never had a negative experience with the Reserva. I just prefer the the regular line. Hmm. I uh, I'd absolutely agree with that now, but I think when these things come around, this blend is just too special to not be heightened uh, by that broadleaf wrapper. It's it's worked in so many other variants of this blend. I think that it's going to work exponentially here when this thing kicks in. Yeah. Hmm. Well, are we about ready to wrap this joker up? Yes, sirry, Bob. <clears throat> you uh, start to close us out. Alrighty. Well, folks, we absolutely, certainly, and once again, do appreciate you tuning in. And uh, and for those of you who've downloaded it later, maybe not live and in person, but uh, listening to the sounds of our voice, uh, we'll invite you back next week, same bat time, same bat place, when we'll be smoking the My Father Lancero, which is the number yes. four. Um, fantastic cigar. I love that cigar. And uh, that'll be our Cigar of the Week next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, if you've got comments, concerns, complaints, or compliments, you can get a hold of us at craig at halfashed.com or kip at halfashed.com. And uh, if you've got a, an unbanded submission you'd like to send in, you can catch us at either one of those addresses and we'll... Uh, Fill you in with an address you can send them to. But if you have a suggestion, um, you can now email that to info at com, And that will be forwarded to my wife, who will take care of sourcing and unbanding the cigars for us. And uh, neither of us will be any the wiser. And again, uh, if you're looking for the cigar me, you might as well come to com now, because it is now there. Um, most of the important articles have been migrated over, uh, certainly the reviews and whatnot, and all new reviews and new articles and new content is going to half-ashed. Um, the Cigarmy will be there as an archive. You can search it for you know, historical news articles and whatnot if you like. But uh, all new contents now at halfashed.com, as is the forum, uh, which is growing. Got a few new members this week, which is pretty cool. Got a... A few more guys hanging out every week. Uh, Tap-a-talk friendly, uh, desktop friendly, whatever you like, you can get there. And uh, you can also catch us at on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. We're pretty easy to get in touch with, so uh, we'd love to hear from you. So give us a holler. Well, thanks for the uh, the quick wrap-up there, my friend. I'm really looking forward to that. My father, Lance, next week. I have... Never smoked one of those. Oh. Yeah. You're in for a treat if you like my father. I I am really looking forward to it. I I uh I think I had to fight the <laughs> urge to smoke one of those uh when I was in uh New Mexico. I brought one thinking, you know, I might as well just get a head start. We'll smoke <laughs> that soon enough on the show. And I'm glad I didn't have it because I'm gonna have it this week. <laughs> well, Tonight's dedication should be uh, 
no surprise. I I waxed poetically about Will Cooper and the boys at Stogie Geeks earlier, and and we have no affiliation with them. We just we respect what they do and respect their knowledge. It's truly co-opetition. Uh, I want to send tonight's show out to them for putting together a good example for all of us in the industry. They've got uh, probably a couple couple dozen more shows than we do, and they put out uh, a very well-produced production on a regular basis. So tonight goes out to those boys over there, Will specifically, because he's here in the chat room. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, cream of the crop, folks, no doubt about it. So I want to say thank you to them. This show goes out to them. I hope that it's uh, of their caliber and of their quality level. And to the rest of you, I want to say more than anything else, good night, everybody, and thanks for listening. Uh-huh.